I said we would do things a little differently this morning. Um, I'm going to read a couple passages of Scripture, very short. Um, I'll give you the references here in a few moments if you want to turn to there and just sort of uh, hang on to them. And then I'm going to share uh, my prepared message, my thoughts, and we're going to sort of flip the open worship and the prepared message. Because um, at the end of my message, there are some queries or questions I want to just share with you and I want to be able to have that space where you can maybe reflect and think and pray and give thought and consideration. This is out of Ephesians chapter 5. It's the first one. And as I said, very short, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. For everything that becomes visible is light. And therefore it says, sleeper, awake, rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. And then verse 15, be careful then how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. Remember that word time. And then Psalm 90. Start with verse 10. Psalm 90, verse 10. The days of our life are 70 years, or perhaps 80, if we are strong. And even their span is only toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger? Your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. And then the psalmist writes this. So, teach us to count our days, that we may gain a wise heart. Teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. You know, time gets center stage at this time of year. There's a countdown to midnight on December 31st as we welcome in the new year, and the Wagners did this in glorious fashion. We went cosmic bowling in Lafayette, Indiana from 10 p.m., to 1 a.m. All you need to know about that is the last game was an epic match between Linda and myself, and I won. (laughs) Barely. We change our calendars from 2015 to 2016, and we did our own keeping of time as we tried to figure out how long it took to get us to and from Indiana. I can tell you it takes eight hours to get to my parents' house, and it takes ten hours to get from Linda's parents' house to home again, legally. And in the Wagner Christmas here in North Carolina, there were three new watches under the tree, one for me, one for Linda, and one for Chad. And now we have no problem knowing what time it is. In fact, this is my bling right here, as you can see. That's some heavy-duty bling right there. Now, this is what is known as chronos time. Chronos is this Greek word that literally means minutes and seconds time. So the Wagners are all about chronos time this year and this past Christmas. Now, chronos time is quantitative time. It's the time that's all about minutes and seconds and appointments and schedules. It plays an important part in our life. It's necessary. We have schedules. We have appointments to keep. We have places we need to be. But there's also a word known as kairos time, K-A-I-R-O-S. You may never, ever use this word again, but it's a very significant word in the Scripture. Kairos time is what's called this pregnant time, a time of possibility. 
moments in our day, our week, our month, our year, or our lifetime that defines us. It's a crossroads. It's a teachable moment. It's these defining moments, these very opportune moments of time. You can't schedule them. You can't make an appointment. We can only really be ready for them and awake. One author puts it this way. Kairos moments are this string of moments that possess possibility. Clarity, often brought on by pain. Uncertainty or crisis. They force us to be absolutely present to ourselves, to God, and to the experience of reality that we're facing. Now, both of these occur in our life, Kronos and Kairos, and both have their place. Again, if you don't have a calendar, if you don't have a watch, you're probably going to be late for an appointment. You're probably not going to keep a very um, regular schedule if that's important to you. But we probably tend to pay more attention to the Kronos part of our life than we do to the Kairos part of our life. In other words, we tend to pay more attention to the time-bound part of our life than we do to these moments in which maybe God is going to show up without us even scheduling it. I pay more attention to the schedule I set for myself for the coming week. and I probably do. I pay more attention to the appointments I make. I, I pay more attention to my task list and the dates I set for the completion of my projects. I pay more attention to the goals I set and when they need to be accomplished. In fact, it was ironic last night when we got home. got home about 7 o'clock and we're unloading things and I went into the home study that I have and I was sort of getting things situated, putting stuff away and sitting down to kind of focus on this prepared message, which is all about Kairos time and God showing up. And I stepped out of the seat for a few moments and I took my pen and I crossed off the first two days of January. Well, those are done. Already I had shifted into what? Just marking off the days. That day's done. That day's done. Completely not being present to this moment in which God may be showing up. And that's the risk in paying more attention to Kronos. It's that those moments and when I ex- it's those moments when I expect God to show up. Those moments I expect things to happen. It's those moments when I expect the real stuff to be happening. It's like saying the only real time that God shows up is between 11 and 12 on Sunday morning. Because that's what? Because that's when we're here. That's when church is. And this is important. The gathered body, the meeting for worship. But do we really expect God to not show up at 12.05 once we leave this place? How many moments have I missed? I'm speaking of Scott. Have I missed because when I left here, I didn't expect God to be around or present. I was already tuned into what I have to do tomorrow, what has to happen next week, what I have to do this afternoon, and what time does the game come on? It's about 4 o'clock, by the way, is what I read. Keep pounding. As practically necessary as Kronos time is, Kairos time needs more of our attention. It needs more of my attention than we often give it. It needs more of my attention because it holds this potential to be this defining moment, these teachable moments, this opportune moment when God is fulfilling God's purposes for my life and our life and your life. It's simply a matter of paying attention and see where God is in all of this. And you can't schedule these times. You can be ready to receive them 
and welcome when they happen, but you cannot schedule them. When we're paying attention to our lives and we sense that something deeper is going on, something real is going on, something momentous is going on, those are the moments when we know that there is kairos at work. And by the way, I know that for some of us, those are really scary moments. They're vulnerable moments. They're moments in which sort of the veil is pulled back on our soul and our heart, and we're touched. Something real is happening. And sometimes those moments can be so scary that we distract ourselves from those moments. I think that's why Kronos is so big in our life. We distract ourselves from those very real and authentic and vulnerable moments that we just start getting busy again, and we run again, and we schedule things again. But sometimes we're just invited just to sit and be present and still to what's going on in our soul. Psalm 90, verse 12, I read a few moments ago. So teach us to count our days, that we may gain a wise heart. To count our days, to number our days. I mentioned with the class earlier at 10 o'clock about the whole idea, because I read this verse about the whole idea of taking inventory. Some of you have been in retail or some form of work where you take inventory. This happens usually in January, doesn't it? Depending upon what you sell or what business you're in, inventory can be very short or it can be very long. But when you take inventory, you're basically examining everything. You're looking at what was sold. You're looking at what wasn't sold. You're looking at what went well, what didn't go well. You're looking at all this, and you're taking a look back because you kind of got to look forward in your business if you want it to be successful. So inventory is a sort of very close look at what is. And the psalmist says, teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. In other words, do I ever take inventory of my life? Do I ever take inventory of my days? Do I do an honest search of what is there, of what is not there? Do I do an honest search of what is missing and what is present? And taking inventory of one's life involves asking very key questions. It involves asking the right questions but it also involves responding with honesty. It means being present to these kairos moments so that we're present to the work God is doing in our life. As I said before, we can't schedule these moments. We can only position our souls in such a way that when when they happen, we're attentive and we're ready and we're asking ourselves these questions. And I have some questions I'll ask you in a few moments to sort of help us in that process. Leighton Ford, some of you may recognize that name. He's the brother-in-law of Billy Graham. He lives in Charlotte. Uh, Wrote a book a few years ago called The Attentive Life. Uh, Billy Graham and Leighton Ford are most often associated with revivals and crusades and, you know, the big evangelistic meetings. But this has to be one of the most powerful books I ever read on the spiritual life. In fact, after I did my own little uh, Kronos thing and got up and marked the days off the calendar, I sat back down again and I turned around and I searched out that book on my shelf, and I pulled it off, and I set it right down on my table. I said, oh, it's time to revisit this. It's time to revisit what old Leighton has to say. And here's what he had to say in one part of the book. The most vital way to measure our lives is not by chronological time, chronos time, but in terms of kairos. 
The word, often, the word often used in the Bible to speak of those opportune times that become turning points. To be fully alive is to pay attention to Kairos encounters. Now, that's what caught my attention. To be fully alive is to pay attention to these Kairos encounters. Maybe that's why so many people live lives that are not fully alive. Maybe that's why so many people live lives in which they're just languishing in soul. Maybe that's why so many people live lives that are half alive because these, these opportune moments in which God visits, we've just sort of sped right past them. We've just sort of distracted ourselves from them. We have just sort of conveniently put them away because we just don't want to think about it or deal with it or pay attention to it. But it's these pregnant moments in which God is speaking to us. Sometimes they happen in disruptive times in our life. Something disrupts us in our relationships or something disrupts us in our comfortable way of being and God speaks through those moments and those are opportune times. Sometimes it's in moments of disillusionment. We're disillusioned about life. We're bored. Life is just not hitting on all cylinders. We don't know why and and we keep trying to do things the same way, but we do them faster and, and we do them more intensely and we, we consume ourselves with it, but it's just not getting it. Those are opportune times. Sometimes it's moments of decision where we know we're ready to make a decision, we need to make a decision, and we know what that decision may need to be, but we just sort of put it on the back burner because we're afraid to take that next step. Life... I mentioned my calendar illustration. You know, life is simply more than crossing off another day after it's done. It's about living as fully alive as we possibly can. When we are living fully alive, we bring that energy to bear on all of our, all facets of our life, our relationships, our serving, our marriages, our parenting, our work, our play, and our spiritual journey. Listen to something else Leighton wrote, and then I'll share these questions with you. Here's one other quote that he had. This is the crucial question. Not what is longest, how many years will I have, but what is deepest, what am I made for? What am I made for? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What am I made for? And who is that? And how do I become that? I'm going to share these questions with you. I'm not going to comment on him because I fully believe, I'm a wholehearted believer in this inward teacher who speaks to us. You already have an expert within you, the living Christ, who can speak to you through these questions. And maybe none of these questions work for you. That's okay. Maybe the silence itself will just be a moment where you can think about, is this a Kairos moment where God, in this opportune moment, is speaking to me? So let me share these with you. I'll just read them, and then we'll take some time for open worship waiting worship. What relationships in my life need reconciliation? That's huge. What relationships in my life need reconciliation? What fractures in my relationships need to be healed? Where in my life am I stuck? And what needs to change? Where is the energy in my life? What is presently giving me life? And what does that mean about how I spend my energy and time? Where is the spirit stirring in my soul? 
What am I hanging on to that I need to let go of? And how do I need to do life differently so that I can get different results? What would it look like for my life to flourish? And then maybe my two favorite questions, at least for me, because they're challenging, but they're good for me. How up-to-date is my relationship with God? And how am I getting in my own way? How am I getting in my own way? Our heart's free. Just a couple quick stories before we close. And this came out of the silence as I was listening. You know, the words that I would encourage and force myself is pay attention to life. Pay attention to what's going on inside and around you because it will teach you often more than you realize. Having two young adult children has told me one thing. They get a lot braver as they get older. And they get a lot braver to tell you exactly what's on their mind. And they reflect back to you in ways that that are sometimes humorous, but you get the point of who you really are. For example, as I was listening, there were a couple times Chad and Aaron were with us this past few days, actually since the 23rd, and at least on two occasions, on two occasions we would go out to eat, I would park the car and they would get up there, and as I would come walking up to them, either Chad or Aaron or both would say, okay, Dad, it's about a 20-minute wait. I want you just to deep breathe. Deep, I'm like, what is the deal with the deep breathing and the 20-minute wait? I'm fine. I'm fine. But then as I, yeah, no, Steve's shaking. I said, no, you weren't. As I stood there, I realized this really is an issue. It's like I'm having an intervention here, and my family is telling me to deep breathe. Twice that happened. And then we went out to eat another night, and I'm sitting there, and there was on this table an ad for what's called a no-wait app, an app you can now have for your phone where you can go on there and do something ahead of time so you don't have to wait when you get there. And I thought, God has spoken. (laughs) But as I was sitting here listening, and this is what I wanted to say, these Kairos moments don't always have to be big dramatic moments. Sometimes they are. We have big dramatic disruptions in our life, and God breaks through that crack and speaks to us. Sometimes in those very mundane opportunities and moments, God speaks. And what I heard God saying is, Scott, you just need to be more in the moment. You look as if spending 20 minutes with your family waiting to eat is a bad thing. You look as if spending 15 minutes just hanging out and talking is a negative thing. Be patient. Relax, take a deep breath, be in that moment. See, that was taught to me by life, and God was in that moment. And it didn't happen between 11 and 12. Pay attention, folks, because God is speaking. God is present, and God is wanting to help us flourish.